Welcome to Your Strata Property, the podcast for property owners looking for reliable, accurate and bite-sized information from an experienced and authoritative source. To access previous episodes and useful strata tips, go to www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. Hello and welcome. I'm Amanda Farmer and this is Your Strata Property. Today, I have Savina Yang joining me. Hi, Savina. Hi, Amanda. How are you today? Good, thank you. How are you? Excellent. Thank you. Now, for long-time listeners of the show, you'll know that Savina is a lawyer with my practice, Lawyers Chambers. She's been working with me for many years now, and she has previously been a guest on the show, episodes eight and episodes 16. I saw Savina joining us to talk all things Strata. And I like to bring Savina on to talk about a particular area that she's been working on in her day-to-day practice. Episode eight was about the process of enforcing bylaws. And episode 16 was about how we can increase the value of our Strata units by extending into common property. And I've invited Savina on the show today to talk to us about boundary fences, sometimes called dividing fences here in New South Wales. And Savina, first question for you, what is the relevance of boundary fences to strata living? Let's imagine we have two parcels of land that's called the first one land A, and it may have a strata building on that piece of land. Next to it is land B, and land B may have a building that is strata building or not a strata building. Between the lands, there is a dividing fence, and that dividing fence is governed by the Dividing Fences Act. So in this case, we are not talking about a common property fence, such as a fence that divides lots, different lots within a strata scheme, or a fence that divides common property and a lot within the same strata scheme. We're talking about a fence that divides one piece of land to another. And sometimes that fence may not exist. So the neighbors may need to construct a new dividing fence, or sometimes that fence falls under disrepair due to weather, such as storm. And in order to decide who is liable to construct that dividing fence or repair that dividing fence, we need to look at the Dividing Fences Act. Okay, right. So that's the Dividing Fences Act in New South Wales. And I'm aware that there is similar legislation in other states dealing with dividing or boundary fences. So we're talking about offences between two parcels of land, whether we've got on parcel A, a strata scheme, and on parcel B, maybe a house or some other Torrens title yeah. property or even a vacant block of land that's about to be developed or even another strata scheme. I know some of the matters, Savina, that we have been working on recently, we've been dealing with boundary fences between two strata schemes. Mm-hmm. That fence has gotten really old or there's been a storm and it's been pushed over. How do these two strata schemes, let's call them, deal with that fence. So what steps do they take to deal with that fence successfully? First of all, there's no magical formula that will guarantee a win (laughs) because each case is unique. And so what works in one case might not work in another. Mm. Having said this, there is a general approach on how to maximize a party's chance of resolving a boundary fence dispute. As the first step, we generally recommend that you approach your neighbor. Yep. You don't want to initiate litigation from the outset because at the end of the day, you want to, you know, be courteous and you want to live 
the you know long term. Think of the long term. So first step. Write to your neighbor or approach them verbally about your fencing issue and see if you can reach an agreement or at least narrow the issue. And if you and your neighbor come to an agreement, then you should put those details in writing so you can avoid any confusion later on.、Mm. And can I just jump in here? I think、yeah. where you're dealing with adjoining strata schemes, the way you're going to be doing that, I suppose, unless you actually know. Somebody in the building next door, or you know who's on the committee, and you can approach them directly. I guess you're making this approach through your strata manager. So、yeah. you're going to your strata manager and saying, "Hey, you know the building next door. Do you know who manages them?" And often they will. If it's not the same strata management company, that's helpful. Can you please either put me in touch with their committee members, or can you please send a letter to their strata manager, letting them know that we want to have this discussion? So to be strata manager to strata manager, if、yeah. you don't have a contact there with your neighbours. Yeah, that's right. And if you don't have a strata manager, you can write to your committee, and the committee members can contact each other.、Mm, yeah, in that regard. Yeah. So if the informal discussion is not fruitful, you and your neighbor cannot reach an agreement. Then, as the second step, you can prepare and serve on your neighbor a fencing notice. Basically, this notice sets out what type of fence work is required. The estimated cost of work, an accurate description of where the fence will be located. Although there is no particular form for the fencing notice, the Dividing Fences Act requires certain details to be included in that notice. So when you prepare that fencing notice, make sure that you read the act、mm. and tick the boxes. Make sure you have included all these mandatory requirements.、Mm. I'll make sure that there is a link in the show notes to the relevant section of. The Dividing Fences Act, which tells you what should be included in a fencing notice. Now you've、mm-hmm. said there, Savina, you should be including the estimated cost of the work. So I guess the committee is going out and getting a quote、yeah. or two for the work, so that you have an estimated cost. And an important point there: the location of the fence. I know some、mm-hmm. matters that we've worked on. There has been a question as to whether the fence was actually originally on the correct boundary, and there has been. The need to get a surveyor out to do a survey or an updated survey of the、yeah. area where the fence is to go to make sure that it is going to be situated exactly where it should be. And a building that I worked with recently had this experience where once they got the surveyor out, they realised that the old fence had been encroaching on their property, and the new fence、mm. was to be put back in a different position, which their neighbour agreed to. But they needed the benefit of a survey to do that, so keep that in mind as well. Yeah. Okay. So. You've done your fencing notice.、Mm-hmm. You've served your fencing notice on your neighbor, but there is still no agreement within one month after the notice has been served. So what happens after that is either owner can then apply for a fencing order at two forums. One is the New South Wales Civil and Administrative Tribunal or the local court. The difference between these two forums is that if an application for a fencing order is filed at the tribunal, the next step is. A conciliation and hearing. So what happens at conciliation is it's like mediation, but there is a conciliator who will assist the parties to develop a proposal to come to an agreement.、Mm-hmm. Whereas if the application is filed at the local court, then the next step is generally just a court appearance.、Mm-hmm. We generally recommend our clients to consider the tribunal route because it's less formal and more efficient than courts.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything to add, Amanda? <laughs> I agree with that. I think 
we do find it's a rare case that parties can't come to an agreement about a dividing fence. And I have to say, we're not serving too many fencing notices. Usually, I think the issue comes down to cost, the type of fence that is being proposed. Those are the usual sources of disagreement. What about in your experience, Savina, what would you say the common problems are when it comes to reaching agreement about boundary fences and how are we solving those? Yeah, like you mentioned, the type of fence to be built or to be repaired, that is actually considered a gray area because as I mentioned previously, you and your neighbor are only liable in equal shares for contributing to fencing work that would result in a sufficient dividing fence. Mm. So that means if, say, you want the fence to be built to a higher standard, then you have to be responsible for the cost of that additional work that renders the fence to you know, more than just a sufficient standard. Mm. The problem is that the Dividing Fences Act actually doesn't define what is a sufficient dividing fence. So to determine what is a sufficient dividing fence, the tribunal member magistrate needs to consider all the circumstances of the case, including if there is an existing dividing fence between the two parcels of land, what is the purpose of the dividing fence? And what is the purpose of the adjoining lands? What are they used for, intended to be used whether there's any policy adopted by the local council or any relevant environmental planning instrument. And because of these factors, like I mentioned before, what is considered sufficient in your situation may not be sufficient in another situation. Yeah, it's a good point. And a building I was involved in recently, exactly to this point, part of their boundary fence was actually a pool fence. It was enclosing part of the pool. So it, of course, had specific requirements that it had to meet as a pool fence. And when it was being repaired, those requirements had to be taken into account. So that goes to your point about what is the purpose of the fence and what's going on on the land on the other side. And that all feeds into what constitutes a sufficient dividing fence. So good points there to remember. There is another common dispute when it comes to dividing fence is a neighbor's refusal to contribute to the cost. Yes. Or a neighbor challenging whether the fence should be built to begin with. Mm. And in my view, a lot of these issues arise because of a lack of knowledge Mm. of the law. So for any listeners who are facing a similar problem or would like to avoid a similar problem occurring in the near future, I suggest that they have a quick read of the Dividing Fences Act to understand what your liability is and your neighbor's liabilities under the act. It's actually quite easy to read, Amanda. Mm. Not like the strata schemes management. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's definitely not entertaining, but it's, it's yeah. easy to read. And I think there's read. a good bit online as well. I'm not sure, Savina, you can tell me if I'm wrong, whether it's the local court website that has a page on uh, dividing fences and maybe the tribunal, the civil and administrative tribunal has that on their page as well. If I can track down those pages, I'll put them in the show notes as well because there'll be some good, easy to read guides to these general principles we're talking about. Yeah, you read my mind because I do have a link for our listeners. <laughs> Fabulous. It's Law Access. It has a very detailed page on how to deal with dividing fence issues. Okay, wonderful. Can you give me that link now if you've got it? Yes, I do. It's www.lawaccess.newsouthwales.gov.au and I will put that link up on the website. Perfect. Thank you very much. All right, so we might have some listeners out there today who are listening intently because they have a problem with a boundary fence 
and they think, wow, this is great timing, listening to Savina tell me all about this. What would you say their first step should be to get started with solving their boundary fence problem today? Definitely just go over to your neighbor's house or approach your strata committee and initiate an informal discussion. Mm. Just tell them what the issues are. Tell them what your obligation is, where their obligations are under the act and see if you can come to an agreement. At the end of the day, nobody wants to spend their time, you know, in courts, in and out of courts, in and out of tribunals. Except Um, us, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Like I said, it's in both neighbors' interests to, you know, resolve the issues courteously and, Mm. you know, courteous and friendly manner. Yeah. And as I said, our experience is that 90% of these issues are resolved exactly that way. It's only the 10% or less that need to go further. And um, there's a lot of good information out there for you. If you do need to go further, I'll make sure that all those links are available. All right, Savina, thank you so much for that. How do our listeners find out more about you? And is there anything you want to add before we wrap up? The listeners can find me on www.lawyerschambers.com.au and if you have a question about dividing fence, I would like to know and send me an email, savina at lawyerschambers.com.au. One more thing before I go, I do want to mention that the community justice centres offer free mediation services. So if your informal discussion doesn't work out and you don't really want to, you know, launch into litigation, you and your neighbor may consider this route because once the matter is in the hands of the court or the tribunal, the decision will be out of your hands, your neighbor's hands. So mm-hmm. make sure, you know, you deal with this issue, you know, under your control. And um, the stats, I think, on the community justice website is 80% of the dividing fence issue get resolved. Mm. Yeah, using their mediation service. And it's free, it's confidential, so give it a go yeah. if you're interested. For sure. So that's the Community Justice Centre and I think there's a few around depending on your local area and um, we'll put a link to that website as well in the show notes for this episode. All right, awesome. Thank you so much for that, Savina. I shall catch you next time. Sounds good. Thank you, Amanda. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Your Strata Property, the podcast which consistently delivers to property owners reliable and accurate information about their strata property. You can access all the information below this episode via the show notes at www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. You can also ask questions in the comments section, which Amanda will answer in her upcoming episodes. How can Amanda help you today? 